Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me for episode 5 already of Book of Leaves. This episode I'll be talking to Richard Curtin from Clean Coast all about marine litter and how we can prevent it and what they're kind of doing and how we can join in on cleaning up campaigns and whatnot. Before we get into the episode, I just want to thank you so much for joining me here. Don't forget to go back and listen to the previous four episodes if you haven't already. There's not too much to catch up on, but they cover a wide variety of topics from living zero waste to replacing leather with cork and the benefits of that to fashion and politics and getting secondhand books online with Thriftify and supporting charity at the same time. So there's loads of stuff. I have some exciting interviews as always lined up in the future and I think I'm kind of gauging off some feedback and my own personal desires I guess. I think I'm going to look into a lot more educational interviews from experts in the field of biodiversity to kind of get to know ourselves, what we can do as individuals in our gardens or in our spaces just as we live to really help the environment. So I'm going to organise some of those as well. If anyone wants to get in touch as well to do an interview, if you've got some good tips or knowledge on how we can be more sustainable please do get in touch and I've got an email address cara at bookofleavespodcast.com that's cara with c-e-a-r-a very confusing but yes before we get into this episode again thank you so much for coming here if you do want to support the podcast I do have a patreon account patreon.com forward slash book of leaves if you have a euro or two to pledge a month to getting these two episodes it's roughly about two episodes a month every second Monday it will be so nice to help go towards the fees of the podcast between website hosting etc etc so any support would be greatly appreciated but even more so spreading the podcast via word of mouth recommending it to a friend please share it on instagram retweet regram share it on facebook anything at all would be greatly appreciated because the wider the message goes hopefully the more impact all of these positive messages for the environment will have now i will cut my introduction relatively short because there's some things I want to get into after the episode on things that have basically happened in regards to plastic regulation since I interviewed Richard. You will hear as well at the start that there's you can hear we're in Richard's office, the office building that Clean Coast are in and there was someone who was away on holidays and they just brought back some cake so they were all having cake and biscuits outside so you can kind of hear the hubbub in the background which I actually really like so that's what's going on in the background but hopefully it won't distract you too much from the cool work that these guys are doing so give them a listen and as always their information will be in the show notes and I will catch you guys after Thank you so much for letting me invade your office and ask you a few questions about Clean Coast. Yeah, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, I guess before we get into your background and kind of how you got into Clean Coast, for anyone listening who doesn't know who or what Clean Coast are, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys do? 
Okay, so the Clean Coast Programme, it's been established since about 2004 and what we do is we engage with community groups and what we want to do is get them to adopt part of our coastline. It's all about kind of making people responsible of the coastline that we kind of love and care about. So the way it works is we have about 800 community groups dotted around the coast and they're everything from families to to community groups, to like scouts, to uh, to like sports clubs, and what they do is they go out and undertake beach cleans. And last year we estimated that we removed about two hundred and eighty tons of rubbish from our beaches. But what we also do is it's not just about beach cleans, but it's about like kind of like building kind of social capital of, of these communities as well. So like adapting these public spaces, so getting people kind of public ownership of our coastline. And generally, when our community groups they might start off doing beach cleans but then it kind of spins off they're, they're getting more involved in marine grass planting or sand dunes or adopting more areas so the program is is very wide varied we have the kind of community groups but we also kind of like do everything from corporate volunteering and we do things like we uh, have a number of different campaigns with some with irish water called think before you flush and we have another campaign called beat the microbeads and then also it's all about celebration of the coast as well. Like we want people to go out and appreciate it. Like we we all love and love the coast. We spend so much time there. But we all like we things like we ha- we run a photography competition called Love Your Coast. So thing about with Clean Coast is we do loads of things, and it's mm-hmm. generally very much related to the coast, but about protection of our coastline and that. Fab, that's so cool. And you yourself, were you always kind of passionate about the environment or when did that start? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I'm originally from Offaly, so okay. people are wondering how a landlocked person ended up working with, in the coast. And like I, like about two miles from me was the bog rather than the actually any sort of a coastline. But growing up, I always had a massive interest in the environment and like it just everything from being out in nature, like it just something very, very close to my heart. But it's also, it's interesting, like, I never put two and two together. I never kind of realized that, like, oh, this should be the career I worked in. So when I left school, I didn't know what area I wanted to work in. So I ended up working in IT, and I'd done that for a number of years, went kind of traveling. But when I came back, I I kind of realized that actually I wanted to work in the environmental sector. So I initially started doing a number of courses with the Open University and then I went back and done a full-time master's in environmental policy but at the same time for a good few years I was also heavily involved in kind of campaigning so like climate change and stuff like that so that kind of involved in trying to like raise the kind of uh, climate awareness in Ireland so it's uh, been a bit of a journey to get where yeah. I am today yeah but like growing up in Offaly as a child like you loved the outdoors outdoors yeah. yeah yeah it's just it's it's like like I, I am, uh, you know the way people say you're from the country, but like when we say you're from the either from the country or you're a townie. So like I'm from the <laughs> yeah. country, country. Yeah. So the sticks. So yeah, it was just it was just a fantastic childhood. Like where uh, where you'd, you'd go out to the yard and like or the garden and be like hedgehogs or the biggest sparrows during summer. Like it's yeah. just it's, and it's something that really. I find like I just really need to uh, sometimes get out of the city and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like going home, going through the countryside, really, it, it's it's fantastic in that regard. It's like a form of therapy. Yeah, almost, exactly. Almost. Yeah. That's class. And how did you find yourself specifically started to work for Clean Coast? Yes. Yeah, so basically, I kind of I got aware of uh, Clean Coast through obviously through my uh, environmentalism and, and volunteering, and then kind of a role came up for. The Dublin region 
I applied for it and uh, obviously must have done some sort of a good uh, interview so I bluffed my way in here. So I've been working here for the last two years and it's interesting because I've, I've lived up in Dublin for over roughly about over 10 years and I actually never really appreciated how much of the beautiful coastline you actually have in Dublin and it's since I've started it it's, it's something I've really really kind of uh, really embraced and stuff like that so I'm now an avid sea swimmer from from actually uh, from starting to work with Clean Coast but I one thing that also very much interested me in the role was it's a lot about engagement with community and that's something that's very close to my heart because with all these kind of big environmental issues whether it be climate change whether it be like uh, the issues of marine plastics like we need to kind of work with communities to kind of get solutions like these can't be solved in isolation so yeah. it's very much public engagement and I'm I'm more of a people person than a than a kind of a policy head or something yeah. like that yeah that's brilliant I guess in the work that you guys do obviously a lot of it is focused on picking up rubbish and cleaning the coast as yeah. the name would suggest how does all the rubbish that you guys end up picking up actually find its way to the beach it, to think about with uh, marine litter or litter that ends up in our beaches like 80% of marine litter in general comes from land based activities and then up to 70% of marine litter in general is uh, plastic so it can come, be, come from a number of different sources it can come from sewerage related litter which is a big problem in Dublin and even in Ireland in general is basically things like wet wipes cotton butt sticks these are kind of items that people put into their toilets rather than actually putting them into bins yeah. so that's something like I've done a clean up quite recently out in Sea Point and you could see kind of like lots of kind of wet wipes tied up in the seaweed so we also kind of have the big problem we're having now is single use. So basically plastic bottles, you know, uh, cans, this whole idea of this kind of like single use living has had a big impact. And in, in Ireland in general, our plastic consumption is double the European average. So we, we consume a lot, a lot of plastics. So looking at our beaches, it, it can come from like, sometimes it comes from domestic dumping. Sometimes we get kind of waste from, you know, uh, the fishing industry can wash up or you get other waste from like construction waste and stuff like that so it's a a wide variety of different uh, sources and when we during the summertime when we got really warm spells and stuff we would have like sometimes a very small majority of the population would be very very careless to to, to go down and spend their time at the beach and they'd probably leave their items behind them so it's it's there's no kind of one this is the source of yeah. marine plastics or this is the source of kind of marine litter so it's a number of different areas and that we kind of we have seen in the last kind of couple of years especially like in the Dublin region an increase of like domestic dumping that's ha- happened and stuff like that on our streets when you get things onto our streets or into our like you know canals or rivers they wash out into our into the sea and oceans and that's where they end up in our on our beaches and that in regards to like the sewage and stuff so there is is the water being pumped into the seas i know some of it gets treated does all of it get pumped into the sea yeah yeah so basically it, these like just say like like cotton buds sticks and stuff like that like they would go through the sewage treatment plants and sometimes they're not actually caught through the actual treatment mm-hmm. and that's how they would get end up washed out into sea and same uh we do a campaign with irish water called as i was saying before you flush 
and it's these especially wet wipes like if you ever look at a wet wipe like it's plastic fibers in it and they actually they don't break down in the marine environment like they even they're only kind of quite recently saying that they're not flushable and they're like a plumber's best friend because they cause so many blockages we see it the whole time that like domestic blockages due to wet wipes and not only that it's costing money to actually deal with these particular items so yeah so what happens was they would pass through our wastewater treatment plants and then end up out into the marine environment okay so to to fix that aside obviously people have to stop flushing yeah not like just anything other than toilet paper yeah and your business yeah but Aside from that, is there a way, I don't know, is there something that the plants could do to maybe improve the water treatment to catch? Well, it's, I think it goes back to these, rather than trying to fix the plants, Mm. these particular items, we should actually stop, try to stop using these items full stop, if that makes sense. Like, it was interesting, I was at a talk quite, uh, about six months ago, and they were looking at this thing, like what we have to do in relation to a lot of these products that we're creating is we should do a product impact assessment. So cradle to grave, what impact that's going to have on the, on the environment or how it's going to be recycled or, you know, uh, if it is uh, not treated correctly, what happens when it goes out into the environment? So that's, that's the thing I feel that we should be kind of looking at is basically certain items that we, we actually sh- should be saying, right, the, we need to kind of move away these these yeah. particular items because 20 years ago now there is certain situations like obviously there's some items that are quite essential and stuff like that but like we just there can be a better way if they're created in that like if that makes sense absolutely like there's some things that should probably just be banned like some countries are already banning single-use plastics and yeah. there's a lot of things that you can get like bamboo versions of yeah or yeah versions of so uh, including cotton buds yeah well like that's quite interesting like we look at kind of cotton bud sticks and like companies like johnson and johnson through kind of grassroots campaign to lobby them they used to have plastic cotton bud sticks and they've moved away and went back to cardboard and then you yeah. see other companies following suit because it's inter- like if you ever walk on the beach you'll see all these little blue sticks on the beach and they're not lollipop sticks they're actually cotton bud sticks right. and then that's an example of a kind of a bottom-up kind of a campaign approach that's made those changes and that and when you're cleaning is there one particular thing that you find is the most common or like the biggest amount of plastic on beaches or waste or rubbish in general yeah it the kind of Again, it goes back to the whole single use. So kind of like bottles, cans, uh, plastic bottles, they would be quite common. Cigarette butts are very, very common as well. Like you look at even Dublin alone, the service say like in Dublin city centre and that cigarette butts are actually the highest litter, litter item. And it, but it's not a social no-no to throw your cigarette on the ground, mm. if that makes sense. So mm. we kind of like, it's interesting, like, you know, 20 years ago, people used to not wear seatbelts. People used to not used to drink and drive down the country but now it's a massive social no-no so we kind of have to get the same way to littering to kind of throwing your cigarette butts as well so it is like when you walk kind of especially because i'm more in kind of the dublin region it would be kind of plastic bottles cans it would be you know uh cotton bud sticks and there's something that's actually popped up in the last kind of last couple of years as well is things like fast fashion items so you might get lots of clothing items that are turning up in our beaches so like you might get on like a warm day people might you know head down to the beach and just bring their their swimming togs that they've got in a very you know a low cost swimming togs and they might just leave all the gear behind them so you get lots of kind of clothing items and things like that like 
last summer, one of our local groups in Dunleary removed uh, 19 black sacks of clothing items from from the 40 foot throughout the summer season. So that's kind of like the large quantity we're getting and that. Oh. So, so it is, it's kind of nothing surprises me, but generally like it's, it's crazy. We've got to a point where like clothes is now single use and that's kind of like, we have to kind of like start moving away from that and that. Yeah. It's kind of like as soon as the weather gets warm here, everyone, mm. like even 15 degrees, that's it. You've got topless people yeah. walking <laughs> in like short shorts and I guess a lot of people have like this festival attitude or something about the canals and beaches which i've just coined the term festival attitude yeah you go somewhere you have great fun for like a couple of days and then you just leave and you don't even think about the ones yeah. you left behind which is awful i mean is there a proper kind of disposable areas on beaches i know everyone should obviously be bringing the rubbish with them yeah. and home with them but is there a way that we can encourage you know people who might not just care as much yeah but if they see a bin that's like a good bit closer that they'd be more likely maybe to like to yeah it, it's it's mainly about raising awareness around the kind of whole issue like like what we do is we're very much behavioral change so we're trying to kind of like look at the impact like basically kind of like we but in a positive message so mm-hmm. like one of the things we have is a kind of a, a campaign called two minute beach clean so it's kind of very hip and trendy so when you go down to the beach if you spend two minutes just doing a beach clean but like like the, the kind of local campuses do fantastic work because like they try to have as much infrastructure in place to kind of deal with when the large crowds kind of go down to the beaches and it's it's just about awareness raising like the thing about plastic pollution or marine plastics or that whole thing it, it's it's undeniable people can see it with their own eyes yeah. so like we've seen in the last couple of years where areas have been kind of like uh, heavily littered and stuff like that it's got a lot of media attention and people are more more wearable and getting a lot more responsible for their for the, how they leave the area and that and it's in uh, there's a good few kind of like we do work closely with the kind of canal groups and that and there's a kind of they're trying to get like more and more awareness for people drinking on the canal you know like a lot of the kind of young professionals out in a sunny day drinking to kind of get them more aware of the clean up after the end that because yeah. it's not as you said we just kind of have to try and encourage and kind of change that mindset that like some people have this attitude that oh we'll just throw it away but there is no way when it comes to these items unfortunately yeah. there are the fantastic thing about plastic is it's, it's extremely cheap and very durable but then the terrible thing about plastic is it's extremely cheap and it's very durable so yeah. it's a double-edged sword in that regard so we just have to kind of like raise awareness around that aspect if that makes sense yeah definitely your suggestions are better than mine <laughs> that just more awareness get everyone to not need the things that end up as rubbish and not yeah, overuse them. yeah it's it's it is about kind of like turning off the tap as well like the big thing now is what we're kind of quite seeing is a kind of growing towards the kind of like a, you know, zero waste movement or instead of like reduce, reuse, recycle, it's refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. So yeah. it's kind of like a, another kind of the top one is now refuse. So like it's just kind of reducing our consumption levels, which would be, we, we would have a massive impact as well. Like we, we produce a lot of coffee cups per day, like, like but 20 years ago, coffee cups wasn't a thing. We produce like so much water bottles and 20 years ago water bottles wasn't a thing it's just this kind of like this single-use lifestyle and i seen la- last year like collins english dictionary the the word of the year was single use so it's just kind of 
it's kind of like to unwind that like and just kind of like start to move slowly back to a more kind of a frugal way of living if that makes sense like you know how our probably our parents probably didn't consume as much because like it's all kind of linked consumption is linked to climate change and all these have kind of a an, an impact in that regard but it, it is interesting you uh, I've been involved in kind of environmentalism for a good few years and I've never seen any top to get such massive traction in the last kind of year and a half to two years was the whole issue of marine plastics and plastics and it's like it's a lot of people are coined the term the kind of blue planet effect with David Attenborough mm-hmm. kind of really kind of highlighted the kind of the whole issue and yeah it's it is fantastic because like there's so many people getting aware got aware of it and they're getting more and more active around the whole topic and that and it's kind of opened up many new conversations and avenues in that that's really good so you've seen a rise since you've been working here oh a massive yeah like it's definitely I've noticed it like there's so many people kind of just like questioning well why does all our kind of items you know why does all our vegetables come in plastic why does this come in plastic why does that come in plastic like is there a kind of a a need for it and it's like you know we're probably the generation now that like maybe like 20 30 40 years ago people didn't know what the impacts were having in the environment but now there's so much information out there like you just open up your phone and you just go on youtube or you go on google you can see all the impacts there so it's in that regard it's quite good like it things are kind of moving fast and we see in the eu that they're uh, going to start banning certain single-use plastic items so that's quite exciting in that regard and you see more and more countries like banning plastic bags or banning items or tourist areas like because that's the thing what's kind of like heavily affected is like these beautiful areas like coastline areas they're they're being heavily polluted like my friend or my colleague just came back from from Bali and she was saying that it was like a lot of the beaches were were destroyed in plastic and that's that's so so unfortunate but the problem is like we're exporting our kind of single use throwaway lifestyle to the global south and to these areas but they don't have the infrastructure in place to recycle or to treat mm-hmm. this waste so this is what the the outcome of it so like we have to change our lifestyles and how we live basically our this kind of way of doing things and that in your cleanups have you ever come across like wildlife in peril or a dead fish or bird that has clearly kind of had a cause of death from plastic that's actually it's interesting now this is something that i haven't massively seen in my own uh with my with my own eyes i've seen a lot of stuff online and basically you know you might see like uh, some nesting with, with with the nesting and plastics and stuff like that but i haven't seen with my own eyes kind of issues with kind of birds or you know kind of fish uh, directly caused ingesting plastics or anything like that but there's loads of research out there that it is happening like and like when you look at research that looked into avian birds like uh, marine birds like they're heavily impacted by plastics and there's lots of research looking at in Irish research looking at that but there's also kind of like in last year there was research looking at the impact of marine plastics in our marine life off the Atlantic and how much the large quantities that are actually ingesting it so for me like I'm not a marine biologist so like if I see this if I see a, a dead fish I wouldn't get out, be able yeah. to get out and dissect it but the research it is there's so much research like um, 
about six weeks ago, I was doing a presentation and I just was just looking up, doing a kind of a, a lit review, seeing what's out there. And there was one from, they looked at the deepest part of the Pacific Ocean and they were looking at, you know, marine creatures like crustaceans down there. And they all, no matter where they were, like this could be a couple of kilometers down, that there was plastic fibers in their their stomach and literally it was one of the deepest parts of the Pacific Ocean it's one of the deepest places in the, in the world and they came to the conclusion that no matter where you're on your planet it has been impacted by plastics and that so that's kind of where, where we're at so the research says it I, I personally haven't like I can't say I've, I've seen that, that myself and stuff yeah. like that but what the it, research is, is the research is undeniable, absolutely yeah. undeniable. In regards to like the kind of plastic that they're finding in fish, is that do you know is that purely microfibers from clothes being washed, or is it the microbeads yeah. in makeup and stuff? It's a combination of everything. So the thing about plastics in general is they don't break down, they break up. So like this, yeah, when people say like they break down into tiny little uh, microplastics and these are kind of getting into the food chain. But it could be anything from that to nurdles. You know, the nurdles, what are, nurdles are kind of like the ingredients of what plastics are. They're like the base of what plastics are, like little plastic pellets. Right. And they're known, they're found, they're known as uh, mermaid's tears because they're found a lot on our coast, like a, uh, if you go down to the, some of our common beaches, uh, if you could take a sieve and you start sieving the sand, you'll come across these nurdles and that. So are they tiny? They're tiny, like yeah. literally whatever, yeah. two uh, a, a couple of millimeters in yeah. size. So uh, it can be like so. It's unfortunately our clothing items as well. When we wash our clothes, the plastic fibers from that common plastic items breaking down. Like it, it is unfortunately it's everywhere. And it comes from loads of different sources. So that kind of goes back to this product impact assessment that I was yeah. saying. That's something that we really kind of have to look. The research is kind of pointing that we're, we're consuming so much plastic. And I, I think I've seen a figure, you know, the way you'll see lots of figures. But in the last 15 years, we consume more plastic than we did in the previous 50. So it's just going in the one direction. And it's just something we have to kind of really, really reduce, unfortunately. So Definitely. You said earlier you have... A campaign for microbeads? Microbeads, yeah. So the it was a, a campaign called Beat the Microbeads. So it was basically to try to make people aware of the microplastics that are coming up in a lot of cosmetic products. So traditionally, these cosmetic products, when they were first probably created, photo, photo, they were like, obviously had sand or probably some sort of kind of like uh, crushed apricot shells. But obviously the manufacturers seen it's a lot cheaper to use kind of microbead plastics and that's how they were added to it. So the, it was literally a very simple campaign. It just basically allowed people to kind of scan barcodes and it would tell you if there was any kind of microbeads on it. But we can see now that a lot of the legislation has kind of come forward in relation to banning microbeads. That's uh, quite recently as well, the legislation in relation to Ireland that has happened. And then there's it's happening globally as well because the thing about the issues, it's like climate change, like air pollution, like marine plastics or plastics in general, it knows no boundaries. So we, we kind of have to act globally to solve this issue. So it's not just it's not just good enough for Ireland to ban microbeads. Like mm. it, it is when you look at the planet, as Carl Segman said, it's the pale blue dot. Like we're 70%, 70% water and it's very much all connected. So we have to kind of like, to think, like it has to be a global collaboration to get these things sorted and that that makes sense if 
cotton buds can get through a water treatment plant surely that means like nearly every single microbe that's ever went down the drain is probably now in the ocean as well yeah it's because it, because some of them can be so small they might they mightn't be caught by certain these now i'm not a water engineer so i can't yeah. really I've, I've been to a water treatment plant in that but some of these some of these things items are not actually captured in that so yeah. unfortunately that's what we're we're facing with so and are microbeads for people to like watch out for products that might include them is it just kind of makeup products like kind of face wash and things that they yeah it was in? kind of like mainly in face wash there was in certain kind of like shampoos like uh like you kind of like you'd look at the product and you look at the ingredients so like things like poly and stuff like that any of those particular items would kind of like highlight there was plastics in it but there has been a good few companies have kind of moved away from using those particular yeah. items and that, but like shower gels, certain shaving creams and that. So it's, yeah, it has, it was kind of quite common in that. But at least it looks like it's going in the right direction. Yeah, it is it in is relation to that, yeah. Now, I guess to get to the most important part, how can people get involved? Because you guys, you've got some people who work for Clean Coast, but then you also have like, loads of volunteers how mm. do your kind of group meetups work how can people yeah. get involved how many people do you have involved at the moment yeah so i think last year we had about twenty-two thousand volunteers engaged with the program wow. yeah so it was busy year last year so it literally the way we work is they can be involved in any way uh possible like uh so th- when we get a community group established we try to kind of like build that capacity so we'd go out for the first couple of cleanups and then once they're established we try to support them remotely in that so uh, if you're an individual and just want to join cleanups and rather than kind of set your up your own cleanup we have a kind of mailing list for the Dublin region you just get in contact with me and I will kind of once a month I send out kind of a mailing list and that's kind of uh, quite good for transient uh, population of Dublin who like to kind of visit different areas but all around the coast we have officers so we have officers looking after kind of Cork Kerry you know Sligo Donegal so no matter where you are there's going to be like clean coast groups uh, quite close to you and that and as I was saying like we have over 800 groups and you can just in, engage in, in the programme whatever way possible like as I said we have a number of different campaigns like the Two Minute Beach Clean campaign and you know you just literally go onto our website, you'll get our details there, you can give us a call in the office and we'll find some way we can get you involved in it. So it's, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's a lovely way to kind of spend a couple of hours. Like we do a lot of kind of corporate volunteering and it's interesting. They always find it as a very kind of rewarding slash, uh, you know, kind of a mindful way to spend a couple of hours yeah. doing a kind of a beach clean. Because you're like, you're, you, you do like, uh, my manager was obviously, she's this phrase, like, if you love it, protect it. And that's it. Like, it's like, we get so much from this, from our environment that it's great to kind of give back to it. And it's just, it, I just do find it is, it's a lovely way to kind of meet people in that. Or, yeah, you, you meet some uh, lovely people I've met in the last couple of months, sorry, last couple of years, uh, like in the Dublin region, uh, all these community groups, they're just so in- inspiring in that. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. It's a great way to just meet new people. Yeah. Have a little group of friends, maybe even find love. Yeah, but that's know? that's it. That well, That's what I was going to, I was about to say, my uh, my two mates, uh, our malls pull them out and cleanups and there are a couple and they were like, uh, those who pick together stick together. <laughs> <laughs> 
new phrase for clean coats. Yeah. Um, that's fab. I'll put like your link to the website and everything in the show notes so people can get involved. For our poor inland friends who might be feeling left out, your family or yeah. friends back in Offaly, like do you guys organise like river and canal yeah, yeah. cleanups or lakes? Yeah, yeah. We're always kind of... Uh, trying to so we move inland and work with other groups because basically it's source to sea so if we stop it at its source stop it in the river stop in the canal it's not going to end up in our oceans so whatever where possible if groups want to get in contact no matter where you are we're there to support and we're trying to make as much impact as possible so we're not stopping anywhere at all like we don't have like the coast and that's it like we've so we've a good few groups river groups that are already involved with us and no matter where you're in the coast or sorry where you are in the country we'll uh we'll be loved to get you involved there's something for you yeah that's really good fabulous unless there is anything else you want to throw into the mix i think we've covered loads of stuff there yeah no no that's really it uh just definitely we're always looking for more people to get involved and just spread the good message so yeah that's that's clean coast so just check us out online and yeah Cool. Love your coast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Love your coast. Thank you so much for your time, Richard. Perfect. Thank you. There you go, guys. That was Richard from Clean Coast. He was so lovely and just chill to talk to. And I've actually since bumped into him once or twice at various protests against the climate crisis that's happening and trying to get the government to make action. And I've seen him there at those. So he's definitely someone that walks the walk, doesn't just talk the talk. So I hope you guys learned a thing or two from him as well. There are several leaves I think we can take there. One being clearly we have to stop flushing things. And I have, there are some friends that I can absolutely relate to there'd be a bit of a germaphobe like I have definite germaphobe tendencies and I have some friends who bring out these antibacterial wet wipes to wipe seats or they bring wet wipes with them and flush them if they say they're flushable they're probably not they might be thinner and they say they're flushable because they might not clog the drain but they're clearly still ending up in the ocean and I've seen some crazy footage recently of these islands of wet wipes or piled up on riverbeds it's really awful so we really do need to nip that in the bud same with the cotton buds as well there are cardboard and bamboo alternatives now their companies are weaning away weaning off the plastic ones so these are definitely messages to spread to our friends and lead by example as well so that was all brilliant now since I've interviewed Richard the EU you probably might have heard has passed a bill on the banning of certain types of single-use plastics I'll just get it up in front of me here there's a couple of plastics that they want to to ban in every in every EU country by 20. 21 I believe these items they're very it's a very specific list it consists of plastic cutlery plastic plates cotton buds straws drink stirrers and balloon sticks all plastic so all of those plastic things they want to ban because there are sustainable alternative versions of those items that 
don't end up in the sea damaging wildlife. So that's why that specific, that's it's such a, a strange specific list, like balloon sticks. There's some other things they've included in their proposal, such as reduction in single-use plastic for food and drink containers, like plastic cups as well. They want them reduced. And all of this is because by 2050, if there's no action, there'll be more plastic than fish in the oceans, which is obviously a huge problem like plastic does not belong there and they hope that this will all come into effect by 2021 so obviously Ireland is part of the EU now there's other EU regulations that we do not adhere to and we just pay the fines for instead so hopefully this will not be one of them and companies now have time to start switching over to biodegradable merchandise as opposed to these single-use items there is a report that the EU did which showed that 49% of marine litter on beaches in the EU are made of plastics that are just single use. That's almost half. So 49% of the litter found on beaches in the EU is single use plastic. So these items like a cotton bud or a plastic bag that you, you, you literally use for 30 seconds and then it ends up in the sea. And like Richard said, they don't break down. They only break up. So it's it's literally there forever. And 27% of marine litter on EU beaches is made of fishing gear, which is just either discarded or broken off in the sea and washes up on shore. And that's still a huge chunk, which is really not okay. Now, I would be of the, of the opinion, of course, not just ethically, but to keep the oceans and the seas alive there has to be an ecosystem in there and we are draining it now we are literally just destroying everything with overfishing and bycatch and it's such a huge problem there was a meme that went around recently somewhere on the internet that said people will stop using straws to save fish but they won't stop eating fish to save fish which I can understand because you know a lot of people find it tasty of course but if you are going to eat fish please just double check where it is sourced from make sure it's from somewhere sustainable is, is the very least that you can do but everything else then that they found were on EU beaches in that report was 6% were other plastics and then 18% of litter was non-plastic. But obviously that means everything else was plastic. So we really do need to tackle this problem big time. So it's good that the EU is doing something about it as how many stories are we all seeing now where whales and fish are all ending up on beaches dying dolphins and everything and you can see that they're dying because they're eating plastic and how can you blame them like they've lived for hundreds and thousands of years uninterrupted by man and they see these floating things in the water and they eat them because anything in the in the water that kind of floats around it, that's just it's what they know it's what they do so you know the animals can't be blamed it's not like we have to train them it's up to us human animals to reduce and refuse plastic as much as we can so hopefully Ireland by 2021 will have banned those single-use plastics and there'll be other guidelines in place as well they're also looking to tackle cigarette filters I think cigarette filters should be made completely biodegradable to me it only makes sense like obviously people should stop throwing them on the ground but I don't think everyone's going to do that I think it's the, the corporations the 
the cigarette companies really need to kind of step up here and make those filters completely biodegradable. The EU, though, does have a plan for cigarette filters. They want cigarette makers to reduce plastic by 50% by 2025 and 80% by 2030. Now, Hopefully it'll be 100% and hopefully it will be much sooner than that. And the EU can put these regulations in place. But really these demands also need to come from the consumers, from us, because you vote with your money. So that's kind of what happened in the plastic world since interviewing Richard. And if you want to get involved with the Cleancos, I've included their website and their emails and various contact details in the show notes below. So if you have some time to volunteer at your local group, go out and give people a hand, do the two minute beach cleanup. Even if you're just on a walk, start picking up little bits of plastic as you go and just popping them in the bin like so they're not blown around and blown into the water. There's all these little things that we can do and you, know, you can make new friends while you're at it. So why not? It sounds like it's such a lovely social thing to do as well. I think that is all I got for you guys this week. Please do rate, subscribe, review. Let me know what you think of this episode, what you'd like to hear more of, any particular areas that you might be struggling in, you don't know how to make sustainable. Please do let me know and I will look into interviewing someone or doing some kind of report myself, doing some research and report for you guys. Any feedback at all will be greatly appreciated. And of course, please share and recommend this podcast to a friend. So yeah, join your local beach or canal or river cleanup. Stay active. Keep going to protests. I saw some of you guys at the most recent Extinction Rebellion protest which I'm working on getting an interview for outside the doll recently so that was all great fun. We're still putting pressure on the government, on the doll to keep fossil fuels in the ground. We want them to sign this bill that they have been tiptoeing around and avoiding Fine Gael in particular on signing and all the bill would do would prevent further contracts being signed for the exploitation of gas and oils to be drilled off the coast of Ireland. It wouldn't even cancel the contracts that are already in place. All it is asking for is for new contracts to not be signed, not be permitted anymore. And they're coming up with all these excuses. So keep the pressure on the doll to get that bill signed. Hopefully I'll see you guys at more active events and please share the episode. And in the meantime, hope you're having a wonderful Monday. Have a great week and I'll talk to you guys in two weeks time. Take care.